Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. It's good to have you here. My name is Brian Sparks. I'm lead pastor here at One Church, and we're so honored to have you here. Uh, you'll see a bunch of people wearing uh, these lanyards that say Dream Team on them. If you have any, if you're visiting and you have any questions or uh, would, you know, have something that you want to ask, ask them. I like to ask them trivia questions just to see if they're able to answer. I'm just kidding. But, but we hope this, uh, this isn't the first time you visit or the last time you visit, uh, but, but uh, this would become your church home. We've got a lot of great things happening at one church. Come on, we're one church in two locations. Come on, give it up for Sulphur Springs, Texas. They're awesome. We love Sulphur Springs. Man, they're they're crushing it every week. They're running over 400 on a Sunday there, and uh, they're doing a really amazing job. And so when we planted... Uh, a second campus. We didn't know what it would be like. And so uh, we're so excited about what God is doing. Isn't it amazing? Technology is amazing, right? And uh, we're so glad that I, I believe this is just the beginning. And, and while we're at it, come on, let's go ahead and give it for, uh, give it up for everybody watching online. If you're listening to this, come on, you might be, you might be listening to this or watching this on an elliptical and we just want to welcome you. And uh, so honored to have you as a part of our one church family. And so uh, we got, Hey, uh, We've got some great things happening. Come on. Um, today is our first step of next steps. And uh, what is next steps? Next steps is not something that you go, okay, it's just, it's just a pathway to membership. That's not all it is. Uh, what next steps is, is it's you saying this, I want to find out more about the church, but I also want to find out more about me. And the truth is, is God has give, given you a gift, a talent, and an ability that this church needs. And that, that ability is not sitting in a chair. That ability is serving others. And when you begin to understand what God created you to do, that God created you on purpose for a purpose, and then when we come together and we say, we are coming together and we are joining our talents and our gifts to make an excellent service and create an atmosphere for people to encounter Jesus, then guess what? You are a part of that. And we all serve in different ways. I tell people all the time, you might not think you're gifted, but you, every time you walk in and you see a chair that's crooked, you go, oh my gosh. I need to fix that chair. Guess what? OCD is a gift from God <laughs> to one church. Now you might not think it is, but we do. We think it's a gift. And, uh, and so here's the deal is that we, we want you, we want you, the first step is you get to find out like kind of who we are as a church. And then the second step is you get to find out who you are as a person because God created you on purpose for a purpose. And, and so you can take that step. It's immediately following this service. Come on. We take care of your kids. We feed you and, uh, we get you in and out because we honor and respect your time. And so that's at our hub. And you can find out more informa- information at our connect table. Uh, also, uh, we have, uh, come on. We, we only have one more Sunday in, in this building. Like I said, y'all are worshiping like we're leaving next Sunday, but we'll be back here next Sunday. And so, uh, come on, the worship team did a great job today. Come on. You know that more of you, God? That's a one church original. They wrote that. Emily actually wrote that right here on the front row. And uh, she's, she's kicking, kicking tail. So uh, they're planning to write a whole album this year. So we're just going to hold them to that. Get busy. What are y'all doing sitting here? Gosh, you're being boy. I'm just kidding. But um, we, we, uh, March 17th is our plan. It's we're moving into that building. We will obviously let you know. Y'all be praying for no rain. 
Come on, they're trying to do, they're trying to do the landscaping in the parking lot. And guess what? It's Texas is being bipolar and raining like crazy. So y'all be praying that no rain uh, so that they can get that done and we can move in on schedule. Okay. So March 17th, we're just going to believe that that's the way it is. Obviously come next week. It's going to be our last Sunday at a school. This is a monumental day. You want to be a part of it. And my wife is preaching uh, next week. Yep. She said, she kicked me out of the pulpit, said I'm preaching this week. So uh, to Today, we're, we're wrapping up an, a series called Uncommon, and what God has called us to do is to, be, to have marriages and lives that are uncommon, right? We want our relationships to be uncommon, and, and this series has been about all kinds of different relationships, and obviously, we understand that we can't answer every question that, that you have in just a series, right? You have a lot of things that you go, well, what about this or what about that? And so what we are doing is something completely different. So if you're visiting, this is not a normal Sunday. It's not normal at all. Uh, it's, it's actually completely different, but Crystal and I, uh, are gonna answer. We ask you, we gave you a number and asked you to send in your questions. And so we're gonna do our best to respond and answer those questions that you have about relationships in life because, uh, that's what we're here for. And so this is a little bit different service. Normally we would preach just a normal message like you would normally see, but here's the thing is it's different. So without further ado, come on, my lovely wife and Pastor Nancy. And the way this will work is, is that uh, Pastor Nancy will ask us a question and we will answer it. Uh, there are no buzzers, but um, before we start, let me just read this in James 3, verse 17. We got to get some Bible in there, amen? If you get nothing else, at least you got a little bit of word. Uh, it says this, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. I want you to know above anything today in these questions, we are asking, we are not wanting to answer out of our wisdom. We are wanting to answer out of God's wisdom. And so we've prayed about this. We don't know all the questions that are coming our way, but we prayed about this and we hope that we respond ultimately out of God's and heaven's wisdom. Amen. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I thank you for your wisdom. And Lord, I thank you for a a, a place that we can come and we can ask questions in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, fire away. All right, let's get started. First question, how can you tell the difference between what is spiritual discernment or using just judgment or assumptions we have about people? You're going to turn it to me. Every, yep. Okay, yep. great, great. Um, okay, so I will say this, that I believe that God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And with that, we get gifts, um, and one of them is discernment. But I'll say that the Christian uh, community has abused discernment, and we label judgment and criticism as, well, I'm just discerning, right? Which really, you're just being judgmental and critical. And I'll say that if God has you discern something, it's always out of a place of love. And so I'll say that whenever you sense, discern that something is happening and you have flashes of anger or your blood pressure shoots through the roof, you're not walking in love. You're walking in hate. And everything from God always comes through love. So whenever you sense something, I would just back up and ask myself, okay, am I being critical or is this truly God's heart for this person? And I'll say that if it's discernment, then that means that you're willing to walk with them through it. And if you're doing it as to just, well, I just tell it like it is, well, 
just say that you're giving your opinion and not putting God on it, right? And so I think a lot of times uh, the Christian church has abused that. And so for me, I just always have to back up because I do discern things. And there's been times where I've told Brian, like, I really have this feeling about this person or um, this business deal. Like, I just really discern this. And a lot of times it's played out true. But then I'll say also on the flip end that sometimes I've been just judgmental and critical (laughs) and, and totally missed it, right? So I would just say, just always back up and just ask yourself, is this out of a place of love or is it out of a place of anger or frustration? Yeah. I would also say that it's anytime you're trying to figure that out, it's always great to have somebody who is more mature as a Christian than you to actually talk to about that. Uh, because you don't want to get into a place to where you're, you're just being critical or judgmental, right? You want to walk in a place of love and grace. And so to have somebody that you can actually talk to about, Hey man, I get the creeps around this dude. Then you know what I mean? Like you want to know, like, is he really creepy or is he, and it's not a gossip session, but it's, it's walking this out and learning how to, to, cause here's the deal is that we are all growing right in our walk with God. And we all want to know, cause there's some people that, and I'll, I always yield to her on that kind of stuff. Cause she'll get, she'll pick up stuff that I don't, uh, cause I'm not a feeler really. Any guys out there with me? I don't feel, she's like, Ooh, man, I pick up something weird off her. I'm like, really? I didn't pick up nothing. So whatever you say, babe. So anyway, but yeah. All right. The next question, is it possible to have an emotional affair? Yes, it is very possible. Uh, it, it is, you know, the Bible says this, uh, Jesus said, if you sleep with some, or the Bible says that if you sleep with someone, you've committed adultery. Jesus said, I'll take it a step further. If you look at a woman or look at someone with lust, yes. you've committed adultery. God, Jesus said, I'll take it up a notch. Yeah. And the truth is, is that you can have an emotional affair and it, could, and it will always go somewhere here before it goes somewhere there. Yeah. And, it, and it, it start. you should not, guys, listen, you should never have a girl that you talk to like you should be talking to your wife. Yes. Uh, because what happens is, is that it begins to separate you and begins to pull you apart. So now then you go to work and y'all, oh man, we're, we're having a great time together. Uh, we go to lunch together. We are connecting with one another. I am able to talk about my dreams and my hopes and all this stuff. And all of a sudden you begin to attach yourself and then you go home and I'm all talked out. Right, I, I don't want to. I don't need to talk to you about anything, and so you shouldn't. I, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have, you know, friends that are girls or friends that are guys. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying you have to be really careful about that emotional connection because absolutely, I believe, and I believe it'll go there before it gets physical. Always go there before it gets physical. I think you do so good with this because, I mean, Brian gets so many people messaging him all the time. And I love one thing about you is that if a female messages him, he will let me know, hey, um, Cindy sent me a message on Facebook Messenger and it was about fill in the blank. And I just want you to know that. Like he always makes sure that there's never room for question. And I love that about you. And he has all of my passwords to my social media and I have all of his. Like we don't, don't hide anything any from each other. <laughs> he doesn't she remember. She remembers him. mine, but I don't remember her. But I think, I think the thing is just there's nothing off limits. And, and I love what I love about Brian is that if he's going to text a female a lot of times, he will include me in the text 
because he wants to make sure that that female knows that it's not him secretly reaching out to her. Does that make sense? And so I would just say in everything, just stay above reproach. And if you find yourself getting something from that person that you're not getting from your spouse, you are in an emotional affair. And and because Brian is my best friend, he's my soft place. Like he's the person I talk to everything about. And I think even oftentimes we can have girlfriends that will begin to fill the space that our spouse should. I mean, let's just be honest. Like maybe it's not a sexual intimate partner, but it's a girlfriend that's now feeling a need for you that you're no longer going to your spouse for. And I think that Brian Sparks should be my soft place always. And so uh, I would just challenge you in that, like make sure that you're each other's soft place. Yeah. And I just add to that. I don't do closed door meetings with women. Ever. He always will have myself in there or another female staff. And no lunches without her. And I know that there's always, there's a lot of different work environments. So that's just me personally. Okay. So I understand sometimes you have to have a business meeting with somebody and that's, that's, he doesn't even like to be at our church office with just a no. female. So like if, if Ashley was going to be the only one at the office, he won't be. I there. like just drive around. Yeah. <laughs> like, when are you going to get here, babe? Uh, yeah. I it's mean, it's not anything. It's just, it's just, yeah. just don't leave a door open to the enemy. Yeah. Y'all let us straight into our next question. All right. It says, my husband does not like my friends being over at my house and several times gets very frustrated with me. How do I balance friendships and my marriage? (laughs) Brian used to say, this is a funny story. Brian used to say that our dream house would have the house that I want, but way out back, it would have a little house that he could go into and get away when he was done seeing all the people. Yeah. Um, um, I would just say this. She's like, like the more the merrier. Yes. I'm like, get out. Like I'm party all the time. <laughs> like all the time. Like I love people. And so I'll say like, we've learned to like flow off of each other. And now I know like Sundays for him is, is just not, he's not going to be in a good place. Um, honestly, like when he leaves here, he's done talking. And so he's going to want to go to his bedroom and, and be alone for a while. Cause he's an introvert where me, I'm like party all day, like all day, every day. And so, but I've also learned that I don't have people over on Sundays cause I respect his energy. Does that make sense? And that he's just not in a good yeah. place. And so I know his schedule and I know what he's got on his plate. And so I'm always sensitive to that to make sure to allow space for that. So I would say as a wife, like your job is to know him better than anyone. And so when he's just not in that good space, like go meet, go meet them for coffee somewhere. You know what I mean? Because usually it's not that Brian doesn't want me to hang out with my friends. He just doesn't want everybody, the whole party at our house. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would also, I would just add to this is that you shouldn't say no to the same thing twice. Yeah. So if your friends are coming over, it might be that they're just coming over too much. Yeah. And you're not giving one-on-one time. You're probably not doing date nights. Yeah. Uh, you may not be doing family nights with just you and the kids. And that's what they're really wanting for more. Come on, guys. This applies to guys. I know dudes that watch football or yeah. whatever all the time together. And that's fine. And that's good. But, but you have to you have to always say okay well this night i'm hanging out with my friends and then this night we're doing so family night and this night we're doing I think night. one thing that i'm going to give you guys this this is free okay this is really good this will clear up arguments i will ask him what about this is making you upset that's good what about this and i usually say everything is making you upset <laughs> 
And then, but then you'll figure out exactly what it is. Cause when you keep asking it, like, what about this is making you upset? Well, I'm upset that your friends are coming over. Well, what about this is making you upset? And then when you get to the root cause yeah. of it, yeah. you're hearing, cause it's not about your friends. I, I love that you said that. Cause it's usually about something else. So even in all situations, like we'll pause and ask each other, what about this? like made you upset? What about this hurt your feelings? And then listen, and then you'll get to the real cause of the argument and you're able to fix it. Cause it's yeah. usually not about the friends. There's something deeper happening there. Mm-hmm. That was so good. You're so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> On the spot questions are doing great. I know, you're doing great. <laughs> All right. Next question. What do y'all do as a couple to keep your marriage God-centered? Okay. So I always tell people, I think a lot of people think that we just like sit around and sing kumbaya all day like we don't like we don't like like we're joined hands first thing in the morning like we wake up just praying we were up at 4 30 this morning praying well yeah 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 that's normal but um but you know the thing is is that honestly uh we live very normal lives i mean we um but be so disappointed (laughs) but what i think what keeps i think what keeps any marriage or any relationship God-centered yeah. is that you have a God-centered life. Yes. Yes. And because I am not responsible for her walk with God, I'm responsible for my walk with God. And if I'm taking care of my walk with God, if I'm spending time in the word, if I'm spending time in prayer, if I'm spending time listening to some worship music, here's the thing is one, one way that I keep centered uh, with God is I go to church. Yeah. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I went to church. I worked a full-time job. I worked at the fire department. I'd work 24 on, and then I would still show up at church and lead worship and serve, and I wasn't getting paid, and I would stand in the back because if I sat down, I would fall asleep. That's just the way it was, and that's the way I stay God-centered is that I keep God at the center of my relationship, of my personal relationship, and in that, absolutely, that that begins to overflow and to spill into every relationship, so I'm more of a God-centered employee. I'm more of a God-centered uh, dad. I'm more of a God-centered ever. You fill in the blank and that's what makes me God-centered. And ultimately that, that affects our marriage. Now there are times that we do come together and we do join hands and we do pray. The Bible says if any two touch anything agreeing, it shall be done for them. And so there are times that we do that, but, but that's, she, she takes care of her spirit I take care of mine and that keeps us God-centered. So, Because yes. I, I get asked all the time, what devotions do you guys do together? I'm like, we don't. <laughs> I, that's so disappointing, but we've never, ever done a devotion together, ever. Um, we've never done a devotion with our family, like gone through a book together, but God's a part of everything we do. Yeah. Does that make sense? We're continuously talking about the word. We're continuously, prayer is part of what we are. So if he brings up even a situation like, oh, I've got a really tough meeting today, I immediately will stop what I'm doing. I'm like, Jesus, just Thank you, God. I thank you for favor. Lord, I thank you for blessing him with the right answers. So it's not like a separate place, kind of like churches in a place we go. It's who we are. And so God's just a part of everything. And so, and I think a lot of girls, like we try to make our husbands like our girlfriends. And so we're like, let's have these Bible studies and talk about our feelings and all these things. And he doesn't want to do that. And, and, but, uh, but on the flip end of it, sometimes, no, he's not going to go there. I'm like, how do you feel about Hebrews? And he's like, I don't. Um, But I'm like, I do. Um, But over dinner, I'll be like, God's really saying this to me. Two prominent feelings for a guy, hungry and tired. Yeah. There's a third one in there, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) 
that's all the feelings. But we have like a hundred, right? A thousand. But um, so I would just say like for us, but even though we're not praying together all the time, I always know what he's believing for. And he always knows what I'm praying for. And separately we're praying. And I'll just tell you as wives, there's times where I'm struggling with something and I can't get free of it. And I know as the spiritual head of our household, I will go to him and have him pray for me. And in a moment that thing breaks. And so, I mean, that's kind of like our flow. That's what we do. But then your parents, like they pray together every single morning. Like they're really big on that. They're so Christian. They are that's so good. Christian. Hey, that's your flow. My flow. house is crazy train. Like if we're all dressed and out of the house, like we're doing good. Like for real. All right. If your spouse is looking at pornography, is this detrimental to the relationship? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and here's the, here's the thing is, is that uh, I'll just answer this real quickly because uh, I'm not sure what the, your spouse's relationship is with God, you know, if they're a Christian or if they're non-Christian. But the truth is, is you don't even have to go to, a, to the Bible to know that this is not good for your relationship. Yeah. I mean, there's secular studies out there that say, man, it will absolutely is not good. And, the, and guys, here's the deal is, is that it, it changes the standard. It changes the standard, and, it's, and it says this, that, and it, this is what it's saying to her, is you don't, make that, you don't meet that standard. Wow. Yeah. And if you don't meet that standard, then she's going, well, what's wrong with me? Right. And I'm telling you, and what happens is, is it becomes less and less yeah. and less yeah. more frequent. Because she doesn't, she's like, I'm not measuring up to that. I'm not going to be able to do that. And, and here's, here's the thing is, it does the same thing with girls. I'll tell you that it's not just a guy thing. Yeah. Yeah. 50% of Christian men are addicted to pornography, 20% of Christian women. So that tells you that it's not just a man thing, it's a woman thing too. And so, but it's changing that standard and saying you don't measure up because you, it, it, it's, it, and it, what it does is it changes your appetite. Yeah. Yeah. It begins to change your appetite. And so now here's the thing is, is that the bedroom isn't the only place anymore that I'm satisfied. Now then I got to be at a piece of joint. <laughs> it's got to be in an elevator. Like, what in the world? That doesn't happen. Come on, get back to reality, people. Right? It changes. It changes this. It changes. It changes the the what what the level is, and so you have to. I think that's so good. You know, I, I've always said this, that if you want to be successful in an area, you talk to people who are successful in that area. So I would never ask somebody who's broke as a joke about how to manage my money. Right? Like, I'm not going to ask them. I'm going to ask somebody who's wealthy, how did you get there? Okay, so whenever I'm sitting and talking to couples who've been married for 40, 50, 60 years, I'm asking them, what got you there? I've never, ever had a single one of them go looking at porn. Yeah. Ever. Ever. But I can tell you that I've had numerous couples sitting in our office crying, and the reason why they're there is because of pornography. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just say that a lot of times, sometimes people start looking at porn together as a couple and it's consensual, but then it goes dark really quick. And then one partner ends up turning away from it and the other one still wants it. And that's where the divide starts happening. Come on. And so I just say, like, just be wise. Like, don't let those things into your household. And I love, tell them about the website that they can do. Yeah, and here's the deal is if you're struggling with that, don't buy into a lie for a moment that you're the only one. Because the truth is, is that a lot of people struggle with this and, and there's ways that you can be accountable. Holding, 
Sin grows in darkness. And so if you bring that out to light, then God heals you. See, here's the thing. The Bible says in James, confess your sins one to another so that you can be healed. It's not behavior modification. It's healing. And there's something that's there. What's causing that? And so what happens is, is that you can go to, uh, it's triplexchurch.com, triplexchurch.com. And you put in your information and you, you put somebody that you trust their email address in. And anytime you look at something inappropriate, it will email them and say, Hey, so-and-so looked at something and it's not to bring condemnation it's to bring accountability so that you can actually get over this you're trying to if you're trying to fix it on your own it's not going to happen and and it just keeps on growing and you're going why in the world can i can i fix this why can't i stop and the truth is is it's this addiction and when you bring it to light then god will begin to heal you that's great very good you're so good all are doing great yes y'all give it up for pastor brian (laughs) so good Next question. Is it okay to live together as husband and wife and not be married? Go ahead. I would just, oh, you're giving this one to me. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Um, I would say, I would just say like, if you're living together as husband and wife, like, why aren't you married? Like, just get married. Like if you're already calling each other husband and wife, like you've already made the commitment. So you might as well, you know, if you want it, Disney, put put a ring on it. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm doing some Beyonce there. Uh, uh, Okay. Anyways. But I'll say that there's a deeper issue going on there. And so I would probably dig a little deeper and uh, I could do another song right there. I won't. I won't. But, um, good gravy. I would figure out where she was going. That's why I was like, no, 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 no. stop. Okay. Sorry. This is like (laughs) anything can happen. Second service. Okay. But I would figure out what's the real reason. Is it that your parents got divorced and so that's still in the back of your mind. Do you have commitment issues because you were in a long-term relationship and they left you? What's the real reason why you're afraid to get married? Deal with that first. And then I'll just say that I think that when you get married, it just brings like this assurance. Like I know Brian Sparks isn't going anywhere. Like he's, he's going to be there for me forever and always. Like I've been with him over half of my life. Like I can't imagine life without him. So I would just say like, go ahead and make that commitment because it's going to make your relationship strong stronger because leaving isn't in the back of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's a covenant. I mean, that's what it is. You're entering into a covenant and uh, you don't enter into that uh, just by living together. You enter into a covenant by coming before people you love and before God and saying, God, I'm, I, I'm picking you and you and this girl is picking me or vice versa. And this is what we're doing. We're coming together. I, I'll, I'll, I believe there's, I know there's people out there that you've got married justice of peace. That's fine. But there's something powerful about having a pastor say, Hey, you know what? Cause what it is, is it's saying I'm putting God in the middle. Yeah. God is, God is, is first place in our marriage. And there's something powerful about that. So all right. Let's go. Do things our children watch really make as big of an impact as people say they do? Like Momo and scary movies. <laughs> Y'all know what Momo is? Everybody know what? Okay. Yes. I think everybody does. It's a creepy thing that they put on YouTube to yes. scare kids. It's awful. It's horrible. I will say yes. Um, I, I, we're really diligent about what our children watch, and this is the reason why. In Genesis, when Jacob wanted to produce spotted sheep, he put a spotted rod before the sheep, yeah. mm-hmm. and they produce the spotted. Yeah. And whenever he wanted to produce solid-colored sheep, he put solid rods in front of them. Your eye gate, what goes in your eye gate will eventually show up in your life. And a lot of parents aren't monitoring what their kids are looking at on their phones 
on their tablets. Come on, somebody. They are just trusting that their sweet little Johnny isn't ever going to look at anything bad. Let me just tell you, sweet little Johnny's got the whole world at his fingertips. And I said, you got to be careful. And so with our kids, we have a lot of open and honest conversations, but I'm also monitoring every move they make. Um, I have a girlfriend of mine. Her son is six years old and he has a porn addiction. And he's going through counseling. And he had a tablet and he would watch YouTube videos while he went to sleep. She thought that he was watching just sweet little YouTube videos. No, he was watching porn. And she caught him one night and he legit has a porn addiction and he's going through counseling. And what's sad is that six years old, his mind is, is got a bent forever. And, and you've got to be careful. Uh, one of the things I tell people about is a Disney router. Um, it's really great. And what it does is it will notify you, the parent, if your child looks at anything inappropriate. You can set up the safeguards. It will also block the internet in the house after a certain time to certain devices. It'll block cell phone signal. They can't even make a phone call out. Like uh, they, you can pick their number and it will block their cell phone signal. So you can make sure that they are safe. Because to me, nothing positive happens after a certain time. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So even kids, when they come over to my house, I confiscate their phones after a certain time. Cause I'm like, I don't trust you. I love you. You're awesome. But you got a lot of hormones going through your body. Give me your phone. Like I'm going to bed. I, I'm just not gonna trust you. So I would just say as parents, like be very aware of what's happening. Be very cautious. Cause your children, like the whole world, everything positive and negative is at their fingertips. And if you're not watching it, then I'll tell you the enemy's crawling in. So just be very cautious. Yeah, not just what they, not what they see or listen to, but also who they hang out with. Yeah, you know, you're not. God didn't call you to be their friend. Yeah. God called you to be their parent, and that means that they're not always going to love you and think that you're awesome. Man, I can't tell you how many times I went. I hate my parents, <laughs> but now I thank God for them. Yeah. Amen. So, all right, next question. Let's do. All this. right, what is your view on the roles of men and women in pursuing a dating relationship? Ooh. Should a woman wait to be pursued by a man? Yes. <laughs> next question. Here's the thing: is that I know that I've got a lot. There's a lot of great single girls out there. And I'll we just, have so many single girls in our church that are really pretty. Hey, if you're watching online, I'm just going to let we you know. We got the single ladies here. We grow the church one way or another. But here's the thing. I would do another Beyonce song, no. but we can't. But, but here's the thing is that I always feel like this. I feel like it is so important, uh, and, and call me old-fashioned or whatever, but I always tell girls this, that if he's not man enough to pursue you, he's not man enough to have you. Yeah, that's good. And, and I think that girls, girls, you're worth pursuing, and you need to get a better self-image of yourself and understand that I'm worth, I'm worth more than what I, I, I don't have to go after him. Come on. He sends me a text. No, he should be calling you. I pray that some guy shows up to pick up my daughter for a date and honks the horn because that's the last time he's pulling into my driveway. I ain't doing it. But for real, like he needs to be man enough to talk to you, not slide up on your story. Yeah. 
Not send you a text message because he got your number from your girlfriend. I'm talking about be man enough to walk across the room and look you in the eye and ask you out. Braylee had a guy slide up on her story and said, I kind of like you. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh. I was like, you're not worth kind of anything. You're worth everything. And until he's willing to have a conversation with you, he can't have you. Well, she's 13. No, she's 13. And I'll just say this, that girls, you should value yourself enough that you're not worth kind of anything. Come on. You're worth everything. And when a guy believes that you're worth everything, he'll walk across the room. He'll slay the dragon. He'll cross the ocean. He'll do anything he can to get to you. And when you find that guy, he's the one. Because here's the thing. Boys do that. And you want to marry a man, not a boy. Trust me. You want to marry a man. Brian Sparks right here. The guy. Is this the last question? One more. Let's one do more. more. Okay, this is Y'all get some out of this? You good? Yeah. Are y'all having fun? Okay. Okay, good. All three of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad three of you are having fun. Why the rest of you are already thinking so, about lunch. Oh, she's already got the question. Do we have soulmates? Go ahead. <laughs> I, I think you do best at this. Okay. I, I will, I tell people this all the time. I, 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 it's not just in church, but uh, the people you'll, you're, you know, you're getting to the age where it's time to get married or, you know, you're thinking about getting married or whatever. And people will automatically ask you, are they the one? Are they the one? And I used to, man, I used to get so, like, I was so paranoid about this because I thought, oh my gosh, there's one person out there and that one person's the only one, like the right one for me and that's the only person I can. And, and so I would, I would completely freak out because I was like, well, what if I'm supposed to go to the convenience store? And I didn't go to the convenience store because I was being lazy and I didn't want to get out of my pajamas and I missed the one. Don't worry, I would have found yeah, you. Yeah, like, here's the thing is, is that that, that's the kind of pressure. And so I asked my dad one day, I was like, dad, what it, is it just one person out there? And he said, listen, I believe there's a hundred people out there that could make a great wife for you. Now one would be better than the other. That's me. And, and that's <laughs> the truth. But the truth, and that took so much pressure off of me. And so now then I started looking at, or instead of saying, are they the one? I started saying, you know what? Do they, do they line up with what I'm looking right. for? And I, I had, I have standards and I had very strict standards. What, what were, well, tell them what is your non-negotiables? So my non-negotiable was she was going to be in church mm-hmm. and she was going to love God and she was going to go to church every time I went to church. Yes. That was like a non-negotiable, right? That was something that she had, that it wasn't, and, and there was other things, you know, that, that I threw in there. Like if I would, I was dating for an outcome, not just to have fun. That's like nice. I wanted to get married. That's, yes. I wanted to get married. Now, maybe you're out there and you're like, I don't want to get married cool. But I wanted to get married. And so I would date and, and I would have things that would come up and it was just not, it was like a non-negotiable. Like, I don't want to have kids. Well, I want kids. So see ya. Why keep, why keep going in this relationship? That's just going to end up in a train wreck down the road. Like it's, it's done. Well, I love God with all my heart. I'm going to church every Sunday. Well, I don't want to go every Sunday. I want to go every six weeks. Well, cool. Good luck. Yeah. That's Being the way. Filled with the Holy Spirit was yeah, non-negotiable. Yeah, I, I wanted. I wanted. Yeah. That's the way I wanted them to to live. And so um, it was just. It was. And a lot of guys are like, you know, well, I'll just date her and it'll be good. No, here's the thing: is find have good standards and make them meet those standards. And if they don't, but I love what you say. When you get married, they're the oh, one. they're the one. Yeah, she's the one. She's automatically my soulmate. Yeah. And so I, we, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So. That's good. That's good. I'll it? give it up for Pastor Brian and Crystal. All right. <laughs>
That's the end. You know, there's a lot of questions that we all have, and, uh, but there's one thing that, that isn't a question at all, and that's that God loves you. And here's the deal is that if you came to one church and you're here for the first time, you've never been before, I hope you didn't have an encounter with one church. I hope you had an encounter with Jesus because yeah. Jesus changes everything. And the truth is, is that all your questions can be answered in him. The question of what am I here for? It's found in him. What's the reason for living? It's found in him. God, what have you called me to? What am I supposed to do? It's found in him. What am I supposed to be looking for in a spouse? It's found in him. And we begin to look to God to everything. And that the Bible says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, come on, tell your neighbor, you're whosoever. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God... Jesus did not come to this earth to give you religion. He came to give you relationship. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around. Today, maybe you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You never asked him into your heart. But today, you say, you know what? I'm ready for that relationship. I thought I showed up here by accident, but I feel God calling me. I feel a tugging in my heart. Maybe you're here in this place and you say, Brian, I prayed that prayer and I've asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life, but I've walked away and I'm not living like I know that I should. Today, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. In fact, this is a very private moment between you and God. Between a God that loves you, a God that created, created you, a God that paid the ultimate price for you. If you say, Brian, that's me. I want you to pray with me. I'm going to ask you to be bold enough. I'm going to count to three and I just want you to slip your hand up and you can put it right back down. And we're going to pray a prayer together. If you say, Brian, would you pray with me? I want to ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life for the first time. One. Brian, would you pray with me? I want to rededicate my life to Jesus today too. Brian, would you pray this simple prayer with me? Three, just slip your hand up and you can put it right back down. Amen. 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 See those hands. Amen. He loves you. I don't care what people have said about you. God says you're you're worthy. You're lovely. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not an accident. He's created you on purpose for purpose. He has a plan for your life, and it all starts right here and right now in this moment. Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Come on, everybody in the room, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin, and by your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am nothing back in Jesus name everybody said amen come on give it up for every person that prayed that prayer today 
One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you chose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Him today, then you can text DECIDED to 33733 so we can celebrate with you. Thanks for listening and have a great week.